In the episode, Prom, who is revealed to be Allison Glifford's boyfriend? Answer at the end of the episode. The citizens of Pawnee. I would like to go on record. Speaking as a citizen of Pawnee. Clothes. Preach yourself. Fragrances. Preach yourself. Massages. Preach yourself. What I said was, give me all the bacon and eggs you have. My mom's Puerto Rican. That's why I'm so lively and colorful. Says you could have network connectivity problems. Jogging is the worst, Chris. I mean, I know it keeps you healthy, but God, at what cost? Dr. Harris, you are literally the meanest person I've ever met. Dad, Gary, Jerry, Larry, Gergich, Gengerich. I love you and I like you. I love you and I like you. Hello! Welcome to Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast where I discuss anything and everything from character breakdowns to episode rewatches, as well as some other trivia and tidbits about the show. My name is Brian and I'll be your host. This is episode number 59 being recorded Monday, March 6th, 2023, and today I'm going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 3, The Reporter. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email citizensofpawnee at gmail.com. You can also follow and message the show on Instagram at Podcast, as well as my other page at Parks Rec Memes. New episodes drop on Tuesdays and can be heard wherever you find your podcast now. Keep those notifications on and follow the Instagram pages for episode info, and just a reminder... This podcast will have full spoilers for the entire series. Let's get to some filler. Everything he's saying is nonsense, and he's fooling them. So, um, a couple uh, Parks and Rec stars have been in the news lately, or at least uh, maybe not the news, but have been kind of getting some attention uh, media-wise. Uh, first off, starting with Nick Offerman, who was in episode three of HBO's The Last of Us. I haven't really been talking about this show. I, I have been covering it on my other podcast that I do with my sister, the Horrorcopia podcast. We've been breaking down the show and doing uh, episodic reviews. So uh, they just, I think episode eight aired last night. So it was uh, about a month and a half ago when this episode aired. But the one with Nick Offerman he played a character named Bill from, uh, and if, if you're not familiar with The Last of Us, it is a show, uh, a TV show on HBO that is about like a, an apocalyptic, apocalyptic, I don't want to say pandemic, but yeah, I guess it would be a pandemic because it's, uh, it's like this cordyceps virus they're calling it, or they call it in the game and in the movie. And it basically, it has made spores the thing that spreads this virus. Also, you can get bit or eaten or whatever by these things. However, it was uh, essentially fungus that started this whole thing. So the monsters in the movie are in the in the the TV show are essentially zombies, but they more they look like when they're when they're in their their coolest form, which is the clicker. Their head basically opens up and it looks like cauliflower. Like it's it's I know it probably sounds stupid, but it looks really awesome. So anyway. Uh, back to this episode, uh, I think it was called Long, Long Time. And uh, again, Nick Offerman played a um, a gay man named Bill who was like a survivalist. And when people were coming through and clearing out his town, he hid and then kind of thrived afterwards and was able to just live in this small town by himself. Uh, and he had like pretty much every resource at his disposal. So it was kind of cool. I mean, like, imagine like, the last man on earth, like the TV show with Will Forte meets like, I don't know, like home alone almost. Cause he's got it all booby trapped and everything. And that's kind of cool. So, um, in this episode, he meets a man named, um, Oh God, Frank. 
And yeah, these two fall in love and it is essentially just a really good episode about like the 20 or 20, 30 years or so that these two live together until, uh, again, spoilers, they both, you know, they, they die eventually. So anyway, it was a really awesome episode. And, uh, speaking of that show, just by kind of quick thoughts on that for anyone who uh, is watching, but doesn't listen to my other podcast it is a very bleak show. Like almost every episode ends with just something terrible happening. Like someone getting shot or someone can, you know, uh, revealing that they're in love with another person and then dying minutes later. The acting in this show is incredible. Uh, Pedro Pascal and she's uh, uh, Bella Bella Ramsey. I keep forgetting her name because I she was from Game of Thrones. Actually, they're both from Game of Thrones. Uh, Pedro Pascal played. Uh, he was like the I can't remember, but he was the guy that battled the mountain and then just got his head fucking crushed. It was, yeah, uh, he was good in that episode. And then uh, Bella Ramsey, she was little Liana Mormont, who was a badass. And she's a badass in this show, too. So, again, the acting is incredible. And um, I have played the first game, the first Last of Us game, the first Last of Us, the first game from the Last of Us series. I haven't played part two. And then there's also, I guess, a lot of DLCs, downloadable stuff that you can uh, play different missions and whatnot, but I'm, yeah, I, I just got back to playing the game. I played it years ago and I did beat it, but now since the show's out, I'm, I'm, I wanted to go back and it's like, Oh, let's see what I remember and everything. This game is tough. I mean, like even on the easiest settings, I think the controls are just a little too much. I'm so used to you pretty much the only games I play anymore are resident evil four and resident evil five. And those have similar controls. And I am so used to just trying to do that every time I want to shoot or whatever, I'm pressing the wrong buttons, you know, and I have to keep going back to check tutorials uh, and how to do that. So, uh, but anyway, yeah. So uh, Nick Offerman and in episode three of the last of us, if you want to check that out, he was great. So moving on to uh, Aubrey Plaza, She's been uh, pretty hot lately because she was in the show White Lotus, which is getting a lot of um, a lot of buzz. I have not watched the show. Don't really have any interest in it. I love Aubrey Plaza, but I don't really care to watch that show, so I probably won't. But anyway, she was recently uh, at the SAG Awards. She was paired up with none other than Jenna Ortega to present an award for best male performance in a TV movie or limited series. And this is what happened when the two of them took the stage. they paired us up together yeah i know we have nothing in common we should find the people who did this and curse their families and watch as misfortune, misfortune follows their bloodline, bloodline for the next seven generations. generations okay i see it now so if you're unfamiliar with Jenna Ortega, she plays Wednesday Adams in the Wednesday show on Netflix. And uh, like I said, Aubrey uh, is starring in White Lotus. But these two characters, clearly everyone listening to this show knows who uh, Aubrey Plaza is and her character, obviously, April Ludgate, who is just very doesn't care about a lot of things, says a lot of weird, like off the wall things that are kind of. Sometimes creepy, sometimes ominous. <laughs> I don't know, but anyway, if you're if you're unfamiliar with Jenna, eh, geez, again, if you're unfamiliar with Jenna Ortega, 
you could just watch some clips of Wednesday on Netflix and you'll understand why these two were kind of paired up. Cause that character of Wednesday is almost exactly like April. And I'm only saying that obviously the character of Wednesday is much older, but this um, interpretation just came out recently on Netflix. So, uh, but yeah, no, I, I thought it was actually a very funny scene with the two of them just standing next to each other. And um, I did cut out a little bit just so it wasn't as long with like the dead silence just to be a little more concise, but that was very funny. So it's good to see her. And then Aubrey also, as I played a clip, uh, I don't know, three or four episodes ago, she did host SNL within the last month, which was like, that's, that's huge. I mean, don't get me wrong. SNL sucks now. I, <laughs> I, I try to watch it every once in a while. There's some funny things, but overall it's mostly just crap, but that's still an honor. So good for her to do that. And then uh, lastly, we want to talk about uh, a few characters from the Parks and Rec universe. Uh, Adam Scott, Megan Mullally. Obviously, these aren't characters. These are the actors who play characters. And then uh, a few others are back for Party Down season three, which just started a few weeks ago. I have not started the new season, but I just uh, finished season two last night. My cousin Tim reached out to me after last week's episode because I was asking if anyone had seen Party Down and if it was worth watching. So he did write me and he said, yeah, there's there's some things you probably won't like. There's some characters who get annoying or whatever. But he did say you should check it out, you know, see what you think. So I did watch those first two seasons. I burned right through them. It was a very easy watch. However, I did have um, some ups and downs with this show. I uh, love the cast. Like I said, you've got um, again, Adam Scott, Megan Mullally, uh, June, Diane Raphael. These are just characters that, uh, you know, that are in Parks and Rec, uh, J.K. Simmons. There's a few of them. And so it's awesome to see them. However, I don't really like these characters. That's the problem. There's so there, there's the main group party down. I believe there are six people in that crew. Jane Lynch was in the first season. However, she just abruptly left right after episode eight, because I believe that's when Glee was starting or she, I know it had something to do with Glee. So good for her. However, it's just kind of funny because this show is all about like failed actors and writers and whatnot, who they all live in Hollywood. And this is just kind of their job while they're trying to get out there looking for new things. So it's kind of funny to me that in a show like this, Jane Lynch actually had to leave the show because of obligations with another one. So it's just, that's just kind of how the industry works. Cause a lot of times like new girl, for instance, you saw Marlon, Marlon Wayans jr. Was in the first episode and then he wasn't, and then he was gone because that first episode was filmed months before the rest of the season, because they just filmed the pilot to see if it would get picked up. And sure enough, it did get picked up. But by the time that happened, Marlon Wayans was already working on another show. So they had to just kind of write that character out, which he did come back in later, which was great. And sure enough, Jane Lynch in this one, she does come back for, I believe it's the finale for season two. Um, now, as far as uh, some of the characters I don't really like, you've got Roman, who is played by Martin Starr, who was also in Parks and Rec. He was the uh, in the episode where Ben was doing the scavenger hunt with the snow globe. Martin Starr is the guy that always talks like this and like everything. He was also in Silicon Valley. He's got kind of like shoulder length hair and then he's, you know, he's got glasses, black hair. But 
I it's like I kind of like Martin Starr, but at the same time, I'm starting to just really not like him because he's just so typecast all the time as just like the uninterested, like pretentious asshole that thinks he's better than everyone. But in this show, he's a total fucking loser. A lot of the characters are, uh, especially uh, Ron, played by Ken Marino. This guy is just pathetic to the core. And it's there's times where it's like, why is he in the show? Like, that, another problem with the show is that none of these characters really have any kind of a story arc. There's Casey, played by uh, Lizzie Kaplan, who I liked in Mean Girls, but don't really like outside of that. She's fine in this show, but it's like, and every time something happens for her, like two episodes later, it's going to be her like sulking in the corner, like, oh, my part got cut or I didn't get the gig. Whatever. It's like, even in the last episode of season two, it's still her like, oh, they, they pulled my scene from the movie. And so this, this only went two seasons before I'm guessing it got canceled because the way it just abruptly ends with season two, they didn't give you a good like wrap up for what was going on. So now that I at least know that there's a season three and this is geez, what 15 years later, almost that this is coming back out. So I do worry because there's a lot of shows like parks and rec when they did the reunion special wasn't as funny arrested development. They came back, they put out new seasons and whatnot. Wasn't as funny. It's just, I kind of feel like once you take these actors away from those characters, it's hard for them to get back into it. So um, as far as, um, party down goes, I don't have stars and I, I watch the other ones on Hulu's. I'm not paying for stars. So I'll just wait till I can get to them. But I don't know. I don't think you have to watch party down. I don't think it's as funny or at least as I thought it was going to be. And a lot of the characters are just generally unlikable. Like Adam Scott, who is, I, I'm not going to say he's one of my favorite actors, but he, he will always have like a, a small place in my heart because he plays arguably my favorite TV character, which is Ben Wyatt. And in the first season of this show, he is kind of just like a burnout. Like he's a, he, he's another one. He's a failed actor and he's going back to this catering company that he used to work at because Ron, you know, his boss, he's, he'll, you know, I don't know. He, he just lets all these people keep coming back, even though they all suck at their jobs and they're all careless and whatnot. So I don't know. The, the there's a lot in this show that just kind of like irritates me. And overall, I think I mostly just watched it because I kind of wanted to see where it was going to go. But I don't think you have to watch this, to be honest with you. Tim, nothing against your recommendation. You did, you did give me Ted Lasso, so thanks for that. But yeah, party down. Uh, myself, I will watch the new episodes. I believe there's only six of them when I can, but I'm not really telling anyone else that they have to go out and watch this. So, All right, so let's go ahead and jump into season one, episode three, The Reporter. This episode was directed by Jeffrey Blitz, awesome last name, and it was written by Greg Daniels, Michael Schur, and Dan Gore. All right, so let's start off with the cold open. Uh, we open with Leslie and Jerry doing a nature tour with some kids. Uh, this is Jerry in his first speaking role, so that's kind of cool. Uh, episode three he gets in there. So he uh, they're teaching these kids uh, what specific plants are. So he's kind of going through and he's showing them this is the, the country honeysuckle. This is the whatever the animals like this, yada, yada, yada. Um, Leslie explains that this is a preteen nature hike and that it used to be just a teenager hike, but then one of them got pregnant. <laughs> I just love that. Just like how like the shift tones like Ugh. on a nature hike, these kids were off boning. 
So uh, Jerry points out a plant that uh, Leslie actually he points down. That's when he says he's like, this is the country honeysuckle. And Leslie kind of uncharacteristically. But again, a lot of the stuff in season one is uncharacteristic of all the characters because this is such a different season. Leslie just takes it out of Jerry's hand and just eats it immediately. Just puts it right in her mouth. And he even he looks at her right away, just like kind of like, what what the hell did you just do? So there's uh uh here's a clip for you. Look what we have here. Country honey suckle. Pawnee style. Yeah, take a look at that. Wow. It's pretty and it smells good. Mm, it smells yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, it smells yes. nice. Oh, that's bear. Listen, you don't eat it. Oh, why did you let me eat that? I never told you to eat that. Oh, God. Listen, the animals know you don't eat the country honeysuckle. I'm not an animal. My tongue is swelling up. Yeah. No, 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 don't tell you. Okay, no. You'll have to throw that away. Let's not scare the kids. Okay. All right. Well, there we go. Then, All right. Um, so let's, let's tell you what other plants here. we can eat, Jerry. Yeah. It actually has a very sweet asthma taste, though. So again, just so funny, the, the the physical comedy from Amy Poehler here talking like a mush mouth, because you can see when she does her talking head, it like her mouth, it seems like, she's like, I think it, it's a great idea, you know, just imagine trying to talk like a mush mouth. So that was very funny. Good stuff. All right. So we cut into the episode. We're at City Hall. Uh, Leslie and Ann are talking and Leslie's super excited because she has invited a local journalist from the Pawnee Sun to do an article about the pit. Um, she's coaching the the parks department on how to play it. Basically just, Hey, if, if this reporter asks you anything about lot 48, here's what you're supposed to do. So, you know, yeah. All right. So we cut over to JJ's diner for the first time we're introduced here. Leslie asks Mark, actually, she asks him if he wants to go get some coffee. And uh, yeah, like I said, we're introduced to JJ's Diner for the first time. Leslie says that it's the unofficial meeting place of Pawnee's elite. And I love when they do things like this, because again, how much Leslie loves Pawnee and how much she talks it up to where she's like, oh, this is where Pawnee's elite hang out. And they just show like normal dudes, like truckers with like flannel hats, just drinking coffee and stuff. There's a couple people with suits, but they don't ever tell us, I don't think, where JJ's is located. Because you would think that if it's such a hot spot for, as Leslie says, like the unofficial meeting spot for all of Pawnee's bigwigs and whatnot, maybe it would be really close to like City Hall. I don't know. Uh, but again, because to, to me, it's just like a breakfast place. They have waffles and whatnot. But I mean, I have breakfast places I like to go to, but I feel like, oh, man, I could really go for waffles. I could go anywhere. doesn't really matter. However, um, Obviously, we know Leslie is obsessed with JJ's. So, um, I'm sorry. She starts to go over some of the talking points with Mark, who is kind of shocked to see that she has already... You know how Leslie is? She prepared a list of talking points, and she starts going through them, and Mark's kind of answering them. He's kind of being a smartass, but, I mean, he's also just like, all right, you know, like, by this point, he knows Leslie, so he knows, you know, how he can act and whatnot. But she has prepared 30 different topics for her and the reporter to talk about, which Mark just like, I think he like puts his fork down. He's like 30. And they do um, a, another talking head where Leslie again, because in this episode, she's uh, some of the jealousy comes out, which I'll get to, because again, she has to mention to us that her and Mark did sleep together. Again, this happened like five years ago. We talked about it in uh, the first episode, which was the pilot. But um, 
she obviously holds this very near and dear to her heart and he barely remembered he actually said no we never did and then had to think about it and laughed a little bit and was like oh yeah you know what there was this one time and just kind of cuts himself off for for good reason so all right we are now back at city hall and we meet one of my favorite characters shauna mulway tweet played by allison becker we also get our first mention of the pawnee raccoon problem which is because uh shauna wrote about it in the past and that's where you see the famous scene that they used to always show um, for ads when Parks and Rec was like newer, the part where Leslie walks through the doors and there's a raccoon in the hallway and she's just like, no, 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 like cursing it to hell. And then she, you know, so she, she backs off. Um, Leslie uh, then shows Shauna around city hall and we get to see more of the town's offensive murals, like the trial of chief Wamapoke. This is the one where he, <laughs> Leslie's explaining it to her and they showed Chief Wamapoke and she's like, yeah, it was very horrible. And then it pans out and it shows that these guys literally have a cannon, I don't know, three feet away from him <laughs> that is going to obliterate him and the tree he is tied to. So this, a thing of, like with Shauna Malway Tweep, she is another one. She's like a hapless character. At times she can see, I mean, she is a reporter though. So she does her job uh, when at times it does seem like she might be a little shady. Um, it kind of seems that way in this episode, though. I feel like more of this is on Leslie and Mark. But yeah, Shauna is just a character who is seemingly always having horrible luck. We find that out as the season goes on. There's one point where she asks Andy out, Andy Dwyer on a date. And he's this is when he's starting to really crush on April. So he tells her, you know, kind of thanks, but no thanks. And then they do the the really funny talking head with Shauna where she's like, I can't even land the sh I can't even land the shoe shine guy. So she is a very likable character. And then in the end of the series, which was a deleted scene from the final episode, but she ends up marrying Bobby Newport, which was just kind of kind of out of nowhere. But it's funny that they just even though it was a deleted scene, I think if you can watch like the I don't want to say super cut because I know that's what they're called for the office. But on Peacock, Parks and Rec does have a bunch of episodes with extended, um, you know, they're just longer episodes with some of the deleted scenes in there. And yeah, you can watch the finale with uh, this scene. Yeah, with Shauna and Bobby Newport getting married, which just comes out of nowhere. But they're two very likable characters that we just got. It was nice to kind of see them get a little bit of a wrap up there. Okay, so uh, we do have a subplot going on in this episode where Ron and Tom are playing Scrabble online. And we find out later that Tom constantly loses on purpose because Ron's his boss. So we do know Tom's a schmoozer. Tom's a brown noser. He's a kiss ass. And this is kind of an early example of seeing that because Ron and Tom's relationship is a lot different at this point. Because moving forward, <laughs> like for instance, there's the episode when Tom is trying to do that game show and he's like, all right, everyone into the conference room. And Ron's like, what's going on? Tom's like, well, Leslie's not here. No boss. And he's like, I'm your boss. And then they all just kind of start laughing at him. Like, and they, they just go on and Ron actually makes that face. Like, yeah, you're probably right. But in this season, again, with the tone being different, Ron's still wearing suits in every episode. Uh, Tom actually still treats him as a boss, which is uh, kind of nice to see. Uh, we sit down for the interview between Shauna, Leslie, and Andy, because again, they uh, decided in the last episode canvassing that Andy was going to kind of be the, the the face of this whole thing because he's the one with the two broken legs from falling into the pit. So Leslie gets a little nervous and she actually keeps stopping the tape. Like Shauna will be like, okay, 
So what do you think about the pit? And Leslie will like freak out and she'll hit stop on the tape recorder. And she keeps doing that to where finally, like Sean is just like, dude, really? And then um, we, sorry, it's, it's funny that in this scene here, Leslie is nervous about talking to the media where she just keeps hitting stop on the thing because she's worried about everything. And then in season four, you find out that Ben, her husband, is the same way before he finally like, you know, he starts going places like in season five and whatnot when he's he's in Washington, D.C. And when he announces himself uh, like running for governor of Indiana, he actually he's strong about it. He's bold and he makes a speech where it's just kind of funny here that, yeah, Leslie is afraid of the media to start off the show. And then when we meet Ben, he is definitely too. But both of them will make a huge turn there. Um, okay. And that's the episode media blitz actually specifically, if you want to check out, uh, it, it's in, in season four, but yeah, when you can see Ben, uh, really nervous around like Joan and Perd and stuff, it's great. Okay. So now Shauna is interviewing Andy and he starts telling his story about falling in the pit. And this is funny. He mentions again that they still are missing their bass player. So I did mention last week that they uh, Andy said that he's like, we're looking for a bass player. So that brings up the whole thing. Is Chang in the band or does Chang become a new member the first time they show them, which is in, I think, three episodes for a uh, rock show. So he also uh, just nonchalantly mentioned messages that he was because uh, Shauna asked him why he was in the pit or what he was doing, trying to, to, to get in the pit. And he says that he hopped over the fence because he was looking for a toaster and that he was drunk. And that's why he fell in. And no one knew this. So Leslie and Anne immediately are like, wait, you didn't say that. And I love that Leslie goes to do the thing again. She goes to reach out for Shauna's tape recorder, but Shauna puts her hand over it before Leslie can get to it and just keeps writing. So it's actually really funny. It just like totally reminded me of like a reporter. Like she doesn't even look up. She's just like, Oh, this is great. Doesn't want Leslie to stop the tape because he just admitted that he was drunk when he fell in the pit, which that could completely destroy this whole story. So uh, in a desperation move, Leslie enlists Mark Brandanowicz to try and get Shauna to not write the negative article, uh, article, article, sorry. Um, We get a little more of Ron talking shit to Tom about Scrabble and this is the first time that he mentions he has an ex-wife. And obviously, we've got much, much more to come about Ron's ex-wives. So uh, as Shauna is about to leave, she, which clearly after Leslie told Mark to go talk to Shauna, something worked because Shauna is now just like, hey, um, how about we just redo the interview tomorrow morning at the pit? And Leslie's just shocked. She's like, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Okay, because if they can get this stuff out of here with Andy and if Leslie can not be so like kind of scared to review or record, it would be great. So, uh, yeah, we find out that whatever Mark said or did worked. <laughs> However, we see this as the viewer, but Leslie doesn't because her back is turned. Mark leaves with Shauna and it's very suggestive because he kind of shows her out and as he's doing that has his hand around her waist. So it's like, okay, so Mark sweet talked her, but he is probably taking her back to his his house. All right. So uh, the next morning we are at the pit for the interview. Leslie is, uh, she's there just kind of talking about, you know, like where Sean is at and everything. And then Shauna and Mark come pulling up in Mark's big pickup truck. And Leslie is just genuinely confused. She's not putting two and two together yet that these two slept together last night. And so when she gets out, she's like, Oh, hey, do you do you uh, live by Mark? 
and uh, Shauna's because I think Shauna's with Leslie is kind of like, yeah, we slept together. Like, do we need to talk about this? But Leslie being an idiot isn't putting two, to, two and two together. She says to the camera, well, personally, I think Shauna's being a little unprofessional. She also needed a pen to borrow and Leslie didn't have one. She's like, she didn't bring her um, her writing materials. She had to get dropped off by Mark this morning. She's wearing the same clothes. And that's when it finally clicks to her that she's like, oh, no. Because, again, she is still kind of, I don't want to say in love with Mark, but she has these feelings for him. So this is kind of devastating to her. And um, so Leslie, uh, once she figures this out, she becomes very cold to Shauna. She's like not answering any of her questions. She's kind of stuttering. She's flustered. Like Shauna's asking her questions about the pit. And Leslie's just like, I don't know. What do you think about it? You know, like to where Shauna has no idea where this is coming from, like why Leslie's acting like this. Um, So we cut back to City Hall. Uh, We see April is on Tom's computer and she's playing Scrabble with Ron. She's telling him uh, she's been kicking his ass. She's like, oh, you know, Tom comes over and he's like, you dropped an X. You dropped a Z, all this stuff. And, you know, because Tom's supposed to be losing. So it just it seemed kind of dumb to me that he would get that upset. But. Again, a lot of the stuff in season one doesn't make that much sense. All right. So we uh, we cut back to lot 48. Leslie's interview is not going well. And then to add insult to injury, Shauna yawns and says that she got no sleep last night. <laughs> I love that. It's just like kicking Leslie when she's already down, you know, like, yeah, she just uh, like a kind of an unprofessional yawn. And then, yeah, it's like, oh, sorry, I was up. I got like no sleep last night. So. These two probably had like an all all night, uh, like a fuck romp. So uh, they do take a break and Leslie heads over to Anne's house, which again is next door. So she tells Anne about Shauna and Mark that they, I love how she sets up. She's like, Shauna and Mark had sex with each other. Yeah, just because it's so funny the way Leslie talks about sex and acts about sex a lot, like because she's, I don't know. She's clearly not a virgin and she's not like Michael Scott, like that pathetic, but she is. Um, she's had some, uh, she's had a rough go at it. So, um, I love this scene too, because when Leslie's talking to Anne, Andy is still on the couch because he's always on the couch with the broken legs and he's playing like we something like we tennis or whatever. It looks like he's playing tennis cause he's winding up his arm and, you know, hitting it like a, like a tennis racket. So he turns around he's like, wait, wh- wh- who slept together? And, Anne says, oh, you know, Mark and that reporter Shauna and Andy just goes, I called that. And he like he he like almost pauses the game and looks back. He's like, "Dude, I called that. You you saw it." And, and Anne's just like, "Yeah, he he totally did call that." Which again, adding more insult to injury with Leslie being right there. That Andy was like, "Oh, dude, Mark's gonna go bang that chick," you know. And Leslie's still in love with him. So, all right. So uh, the next day, we're back at City Hall, or maybe it's just later on in that day. We're back at City Hall. Leslie decides that she's gonna confront Mark about sleeping with Shauna. To which he says, that's actually none of your business. Uh, she threatens to kick him off of the subcommittee and he resigns immediately. Which I like this because it's kind of Mark giving her the finger being like, mind your own fucking business. Like, this has nothing to do with you. But he has no idea that Leslie is still harboring these feelings for him. And actually, I don't know if he acknowledges that at all in this first season. Because season two, his character takes a change like they all do. But Mark is only in the first two seasons, so... Season two, his dramatic turn is is probably the biggest one because, and I, I would have to say that this is the episode where people started kind of souring on Mark Brandanowitz because 
Everyone loves Leslie and you find out that he's sleeping with this other woman, even though him and Leslie aren't together. But I think they portray him to be more of a like a sleazebag because it's like, hey, Mark, can you talk to her real quick? And it turns into, yeah, I'll talk to her. <laughs> wink, wink. And I will get her to change her mind because uh, you find out, you know, as the show goes on in these next couple seasons that Mark has been with a lot of ladies. Like there's a random time when Tom is trying to present something to them and he hired a couple uh, dancers probably from the strip club. I'm not sure wherever, cause he goes to these all the time, like the glitter factory and whatnot. But as Mark is leaving, one of the girls is just like, hi, Mark. And he says hello to her. And he's kind of embarrassed though, but I do think that's season two. So um, it shows you that he's kind of evolving. He's not really that guy anymore. So, uh, but again, I, I like how he just basically tells Leslie, fine, I quit. You know, it's like, I didn't really want to do this in the first place. I did it as a favor to you. So he's just like, I'm quit. And she's, I, she was like trying to, I think she wanted him to be like, oh, come on. No, no, no. Well, let me, let me try to do this. Let me fix this. But she, you can tell she's sad because he doesn't give a shit. He's like, I don't care. I don't want to do this anyway. Um, so later on, Leslie comes to her senses and she calls Shauna again and asks if they can just set up one more meeting because obviously at the pit, it was like, eh, yeah, that was her second shot. However, it was still going bad. Leslie tells her that she was sick during the last interview because she ate some bad Mexican food. Shauna is just like, yeah, sure, that's fine. So they go to JJ's diner and they're having this interview, which is going a little bit better, except Shauna tells Leslie that she's going to read some quotes about the pit and she just starts going through and it's like, okay, uh, this first quote says the pit is stupid. It'll never get taken care of. And then Leslie, it's funny. She keeps, she's like scarfing down waffles as this interview is going on. But Shauna is reading her these other, uh, you know, these other quotes from people who are just talking about that. It's a waste of time. It's never going to get done. And the last one she says is this pit will never, ever, ever, ever get built. And for some reason, it's just, of course, that's the writing and they got to put the drama in the show. That's the only one that Leslie's like, who said that? Even though Shauna has already read her off like 10 or 15 other quotes. But then when Leslie's like, who said that? Of course, it was Mark Brandanowitz. So it's like, eh, all right. And so that that kind of upsets Leslie a little more. Um, speaking of Mark, though, we uh, cut over. He's back at work and we see Anne. She goes into his office and she's trying to kind of smooth things over with him. She's like, can you please go talk to Shauna? So this is like the second time now they're going to take Mark and, you know, basically sick him on Shauna to try to get her to change her mind about this stuff. So the three of them are standing together. And this is like a, a really awkward scene for like the viewer, but also I think all part actually and Mark and Shauna Moway tweet because they walk up. Uh, Mark and Ann and Shauna's sitting there and they're like, hey, Shauna, can we talk to you real quick? And she's just like, sure, yeah, no problem. And she goes, hey, Mark. Like the way she does it is really flirty and like very suggestive, like kind of like, hey, Mark, you know, my back still hurts from this morning. Like it's just the way she says it. And so he asks her if there, he's like, you know, is there any way you could cut out some of the negative stuff that he said? And she's like, but you said that, you know, on the record. And he's like, well, I didn't know it was on the record. And he just, he starts getting really into it. He's like, well, because, you know, like we were in bed and you asked me if the pit is made, if the pit was going to get made. And I said, no, that pit's never going to get made. But at that point, I would have said anything to get you back in bed. So he's telling her this and Anne's just standing there like, what the hell? So Shauna does say, okay, you know what, since we kind of have a little bit of a relationship, 
you know, maybe I'll take some of that stuff out. And then this is the part. Speaking of where Mark kind of lost, you know, all the fans is when he just says, well, you know, it's like they had it. Like all he had to do was just kind of play along. So I guess you could give Mark credit for being honest too, because she's like, well, since we have a thing going and he stops her and he's like, well, you know, like, no, we don't really have a thing. We hooked up. And Anne is just making this face at him. Like, are you kidding me? Like, can you just, just until after this report comes out, can you do this? But, um, yeah, so she, it's just, again, Mark kind of Fs this thing up just, just because he's, also he has to be like a chauvinistic kind of pig. Like, no, 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 no. Let's not put, not a pig, but I mean, with like being a player or whatever, he has to kind of tell her like, well, you know, hey, let's not, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. I don't, I wouldn't say we're dating. And this is like right after he just slept with her. So it's like, dude, kind of like be a little compassionate, but all right. So we are now uh, at city hall. We cut back to city hall. This, this was like a really dumb subplot, the whole thing with Tom and Ron and the Scrabble game, but it just, it really goes nowhere. And they just needed something I think for these characters to do, but Ron confronts Tom about Scrabble and he's like, Hey, you, you, you know, you, you did a great job kicking my, kicking my ass or whatever. And Tom's like, yeah, I'm really sorry. April got into my computer and started playing. And Ron, he's like, yeah, yeah. I knew you were too stupid to do that kind of stuff. I knew you couldn't figure out those words. And then they do the talking head and he's like, I know Tom was losing on purpose. And he's like, he explains that's why he likes Tom so much because Tom is just basically apathetic and he's like the perfect government worker because he sucks at his job and he doesn't try to, uh, you know, so it's just kind of funny there. Uh, Mark, at the end of the episode, he apologized to Leslie for his improper behavior and is reinstated back onto the subcommittee. So I just, this is just a funny quote because it's so like, just, I don't know. It's like, just like a creepy quote, but Tom's just like, Man, he's like, that dude is stuck it in some crazy chicks. And Leslie makes a face because she is one of those, quote, crazy chicks. But just the fact that Tom's like, man, that dude has stuck it in some crazy chicks. <laughs> All right. So then um, uh, that's the end of the episode. We get the tag. And it just says that, uh, well, Leslie tells us that the article has been released. And Leslie says it's a mixed bag. So there's some positive a- positives and negatives. We do see Donna again. Still no speaking lines for her, but she is. And she looks a lot different in this season, too. She's got very, very short hair. So it just shows her in the background reading it. But you uh, you find out that essentially nothing good came out of this because she still put in there that Andy was drunk when he fell in the pit and yada, yada, yada. So, yeah, that is the end of the episode the reporter this episode currently is sitting on imdb with a 7.1 so not a great episode not a bad one though again season one is uh just kind of uh, just kind of trudge through it but not trudge through because it's not bad it's not like super cringy like the office season one where steve carell like every single thing he says just like irritates the hell out of you but uh the episode i think like the average score for season one is probably about 7.2 with uh, the season finale, which we'll get to in a few weeks. Rockstar, I think that's like a 7.9. But, you know, these episodes are good enough. They hang in there. So uh, as I've been doing weekly, here's a little bit of trivia from IMDb. Okay. The printed news article that is briefly shown on screen includes the paragraph, Nopes, then excused herself and threw up into this reporter's purse. Afterwards, she insisted that she remains optimistic about the prospects for the new park. 
This serves as an added punchline to an earlier joke in which Leslie Nope falsely tells the reporter she was acting strangely during their interview due to food poisoning. Okay, so I did talk about that when she asked if they could redo the article because she wasn't feeling well. So this goes to show you that she actually went a step further and wasn't lying about being sick. She actually did excuse herself and throw up in Sean Amaui tweets first. Love that. The other funny thing I like about this quote, it starts off and it says, nopes, like plural, nopes, then excuse herself and throw up. I didn't mention it earlier, but there's a part in the beginning of the episode when Leslie is sitting down with Mark Brandanowitz and she's like, what do you, oh my God, this is, I'm so nervous. What do you think she's going to ask me? And he goes, how do you pronounce your name? And she's like, oh yeah, because of the silent K. So this is a little bit different because it looks like Shauna added an S to the end of the name. And I don't think this is a typing error for whoever wrote this into the um, uh, the, the trivia part here. Because when it's in the quote, it says nopes, plural, with an S. But then when the quote's done and they're just talking about Leslie, nope, it's actually spelled the right way. So I believe Shauna is the one that is spelling this or pronouncing it wrong. And I do like that they had to point that out in the beginning that Leslie was like, well, well, do you think she's going to, you know, and he's like, she's going to ask like about your name. So it's kind of funny that she's screwing that up. Okay. Next one. Uh, this was originally intended to be the second episode in the series. No explanation there. I guess none needed. Uh, this is the first appearance of Sean Amalway tweet, which I did gleefully talk about. And then uh, the final one says the final printed news article includes the paragraph. I just think they, talking about parks, are not only a great place for dogs to get exercise, but for dog owners to meet other people with common interests, Nopes said. So again, the, the S being added at the end there makes me think that Sean Amalway Tweep does not know that Leslie's last name is singular. So I thought that was kind of funny. All right, so next week, you want to come on back? We're going to be talking about season one, episode four, Boys Club. This is, uh, I know there's some really good parts in this episode with uh, them them drinking out back, uh, Ann and Leslie drinking with the boys and whatnot. And there's a really funny part that I love. I guess I'll just save it for next week when I talk about that episode. So that's going to wrap up this episode. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. If you'd like to contact me or the show, citizensofpawnee at gmail.com is how you can do that. You can also like and follow on Instagram at Podcast and at Parks Rec Memes. If you like horror movies and media, please check out my other podcast that I host with my sister called Horrorcopia Podcast. Give us a follow on Instagram at hcopia underscore podcast. So I'm going to try to start getting these episodes out every Tuesday. Uh, If I miss a week or whatever, just kind of hang in there. It's not going to be super duper like months in between like it was before. Since I am doing uh, a breakdown of the entire series, it's really easy for me to actually just go in, watch the episode and talk about it. Whereas before I had to every week come up with a new topic and you could see on some of those, it was starting to get redundant when I would do like greatest character part two or whatever. So Yeah, just kind of hang in there with me. And if you guys have any ideas on our topics you'd like me to discuss that I haven't already done, please uh, reach out either on Instagram or just email me. Uh, Thank you again for listening to Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast. My name is Brian, and I will see you next Tuesday. Allison Glifford's boyfriend is none other than Leslie Nope's former nemesis, Greg Pakaitis.